This episode of Brought Back Home aired originally on July 9th, 2020, broadcasted on the CFRC 101.9 FM on your radio dial in Kingston and surrounding areas, and live on CFRC.ca through the website's live stream. If you'd like to learn more about the CFRC, visit CFRC.ca. And now, here is the very first episode of Brought Back Home. Welcome to the inaugural episode of Brought Back Home, bringing local music and local arts back to you. I'm your host, Matt Muto, local musician and music producer based out of Kingston, Ontario. Brought Back Home will cover the past, present, and future of the YGK art scene every Thursday at 6 p.m. On the show, we'll be showcasing live sessions with the musical guests and in-depth discussions with those artists. You can also expect interviews with industry professionals, event promoters, managers, and producers. We will also have other artists from various arts backgrounds, such as painting, sculpting, videography, comedy, and other mediums as well. So with that, let's get right into it. This is episode one of Brought Back Home. This week we have two guests, Sarah Wodiak, founder and executive director of Queen's Events in Kingston today. We'll be sitting down with Sarah to discuss how the COVID-19 pandemic has affected events promotion in Kingston, as well as what creative solutions people have come up with. Following our interview with Sarah, we'll be joined by Sean Bain in the studio, local Kingston singer-songwriter. Sean is actually hard at work on a new studio album recording this week. He's going to play us a few songs of his, a couple of which will show up on said album. In between performances, we'll talk about how he's dealt with isolating at home, as well as the future of live music. Hi everyone, welcome back to Brought Back Home on the CFRC 101.9 FM. I'm joined here today with Sarah Widiuk of Queen's Events, founder and executive director. Hi, Sarah. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Introduce yourself. Tell us why you're here today. So my name is Sarah Widiuk and I am a Queen's grad who started a website to promote events happening at Queens and downtown Kingston. Um, the website's called queensevents.ca and it basically features everything happening all in one place, including what's happening on campus, what's happening downtown, and it's been going since 2012. I also now have a Kingston-facing website um, called kingston.today that promotes online events and resources to keep people inspired while they're at home. And my motto is to stop missing out, which has been kind of hard because with everything being shut down, uh, I both feel like I am missing out all the time on things I used to enjoy. I feel very fatigued at the number of online events that I'm missing. I think that's something pretty much anyone listening can identify with, whether it's fatigued for if you're working in a business Right now, you're probably doing Zoom meetings and Skype meetings all the time so that maybe you don't want to go to a digital event online in an online space. And then there's the opposite where you have people who aren't working in a formal office or business setting where they don't need to do all those things. And they're just feeling like they're not able to socialize nearly as much. So that's a big part of what we want to do here with the show is promote some digital events and even maybe some social distancing outdoor events if we get fortunate enough to just kind of celebrate the arts community. And I love that. I love the concept of the show. It's something I've been kind of waiting for. It's hard to believe it's already July because it's been three months since we've all been in this new normal. And I mean, now that some things are opening up, I've been going out to patios. I love you know, supporting local. I also love not cooking at home and just <laughs> fair enough. You know, having some food and drinks out with friends. But in the last few days, I have been looking more for upcoming events that people are planning in person. And I'm happy to say that we do have some new in-person events you can plan to go to. 
I'm very happy that we have Sarah here on the show today because Queen's Events has been a fantastic bridge between the Kingston municipality and the Queen's University community. I've always found that there's a lot of students who stay in the Queen's bubble and they don't get out and vice versa. A lot of people looking in, living in the municipality kind of just, you know, brush Queen's off and don't feel like it has anything to offer. But queensevents.ca is one of those services that has been kind enough to bridge that gap. Yeah, so when I was a Queen's student, like I'm originally from Ottawa, I came to Queen's in 2008. I did have like a couple good years getting to know Kingston, but that was very distantly, you know. It was only in my upper year that I started to find out about shows at the Grand Theatre or like things happening downtown. And I found that they were never promoted to Queen's students, or if they were, I wasn't receiving the memo. Then since I've graduated, I find it's hard to find out about the more enriching opportunities. So for myself, I love going to workshops. I've uh, learned Arabic or like I'm starting to learn Arabic. And there was a three week intro to Arabic class taught at the Tet Center that I went to a few years ago. Um, I've also been to film screenings on campus or like guest speakers. I love public lectures. And now Queens is actually uh, moving a lot of their public lectures online. So one that I'm actually really looking forward to they have right now is called the Queens Contagion Cultures Lecture Series. And it's the Faculty of Arts and Sciences way of introducing different profs who can talk about their topic, um, like energy, climate change in COVID, or rethinking mobility in these pandemic times. Essentially, these are things that are open to the public. They're free public lectures. They're run by Queen's profs, but they're usually only promoted to the Queen's community. So something that I'm striving to do is to build the bridge between people who live in the city um, and people who go to Queen's because to be honest, usually there's so much going on in our city. We have such a lively arts community. I'm most impressed by the event organizers that I meet. Bruce Kaufman, great example, another person who has a CFRC radio show. He's been running a monthly poet reading series and he just started it because he thought it should exist. And it's like, that's amazing. I want to promote that. And we have to give a quick shout out to our friend Bruce Kaufman here at the station. That monthly reading series and more are hosted here on the CFRC during the show, Finding a Voice, hosted by Bruce, which you can catch at 4 p.m. till 6 p.m. every Friday. So, Sarah, we were talking before the program today about what we've worked on individually during our isolation and how it has given us an opportunity to focus on things that we've been trying to focus on. I mean, even for the last several years in some instances, do you want to talk a little bit about that now? So something I have been focusing on for the last few years is, um, I mean, some people call it mental health, some people call it wellness, but I just think of it as like being kind to yourself. So I used to have this fear of missing out. And one of the reasons I started Queen's Events is I missed out on my favorite band, which is Hey Ocean from Vancouver. They played a block from my house and I read about it in the newspaper the next day. And it was just so tragic because I thought like, oh, where was the promotion for this? So at the same time as I had a fear of missing out and I often did miss out on events, sometimes once you know everything that's happening, you can feel really pressured that you have to be going to things, you have to be um, always involved. And now that things are reopening, I feel bad if I'm not, you know, always doing something every day, but you also have to be nice to yourself and realize a day in or a day offline can be really healing. I've been promoting over a hundred events every week for the past eight years. So in March, when everything started to shut down with the Kingston Canadian Film Festival was my first example. It was going to be 80 events in four days. And then suddenly it was over. And from that day on, everything was being canceled. So I went from promoting about 400 events in March to nothing. And I had to really reckon with myself, like, what am I going to do next? So it's it's been really interesting because I've been filling my time doing something else, but I know for sure a lot of people have been experiencing um, like depressive mood or like just not feeling like themselves. So I hope that 
if you are one of those people that really is an extrovert and like needs to be around others, there are things happening now. It's very slow to start. We've got, you know, a weekly outdoor yoga class coming up that's going to be like up to 10 people. But you can go on to Queen's events. You can find out about these events, you know, wearing a mask and that kind of stuff. Like you can actually go and do things now. You can be in community with others. And I think a lot of people are kind of waking up to the fact that if everyone wears a mask is much more effective than if a few people are. So I'm very yeah. happy about that. And it's a, it's a good sign of things to come, I hope, for events in the city, outdoors especially. I'm glad I don't have to be in an organization right now where it's like mandatory for me to be innovating and deciding how we're going to do events because it's a big struggle. It's an uphill battle. Imagine if your job was we have to have fundraising events. Uh, what are you going to do? You're kind of just waiting for the government to give you more direction. And I found so far the guidelines that have been given to restaurants, that kind of stuff, haven't really been the most um, clear about like, I mean, there's there's just a bit of confusion. It's not like mm -hmm. a straightforward step-by-step -step plan. I know a lot of people out there who have been innovating by doing these online Zoom events. And I have some of my own ideas about how we can get more people to hear about that, like do better promotion of those online events. Because, you know, we we're also fatigued by always hearing about Zoom events now. I also want to promote things, but then I'm also okay if people don't hear about them and don't go to them. It's just, it's such a weird place to be in as an event promoter. So we know right now that it seems like this fall, we are not gonna have in-person classes at Queen's Resume. They're gonna all move online. And I'm just curious what you think or see, or maybe are even planning for when September rolls around, what do you expect Queen's events adapting or changing? Or even if you have an idea of a, of a timeline for those months, I'd love to hear it. I'm actually planning to reach out to the, I think it's the Smith School of Business with the city. They're doing this thing called AWE, which is Apply Work Experience. So I'm planning to put a case out there to anyone who's interested in thinking about these types of questions, like what's it going to look like? Um, what should Queen's events do in the future? Right now, our Queen's events has an Instagram account. You just follow us at Queen's events. And I used to use it for putting out, you know, highlights of the events I go to, a lot of different concerts and artsy things. But now it's mostly sunsets. And um, I love going by the water and taking some photos, but maybe... Maybe there's a different way we could be using that platform. So if any of your listeners are interested in brainstorming or like coming up with some creative planning, I'm totally open to it. I think from the beginning, Queen's Events would not have been successful if it was just a solo project, if it was the Sarah Wittiak events page. Um, so I've always been open to collaborating with people, bringing in people as um, interns or as volunteers. Uh, it's definitely going to be a new normal. Everything is these days, right? Um, with a lot of people not being here in town, I'm interested in seeing how people create new friend groups. So maybe someone in the city is going to be, you know, hosting a, how do how do meet and greets work? How do networking events work? I know like people have been going to the patio for the Saturday Night Beers for Queers, which is a Monty's weekly event. Um, but this is, it's uncharted territory and I think it will be interesting to watch as Queens, you know, rolls out more of their programming, what they're going to be offering. So the things I know is that the professional schools of medicine and also nursing, and I think there's a third one, um, are going to be having people on campus who have to do their on in-person training and a lot, everything else is going to be online. I know that the uh, student experience office at Queens is going to be hosting online um, support groups or sorry, that would be the health and wellness. Right now there's groups being created to support racialized students um, to have a safe space. There's groups that are doing online counseling sessions. These are all the supports for Queens students specifically, but I think definitely there will be room to as I said, innovate to see how we can use um, on-campus and like downtown spaces in socially distanced ways. I'm 
as eager as anyone else to see what's going to come out of it. Uh, like I said, as a, a promoter, I'm kind of leapfrogging on what other event planners are doing. My plan is to put it out to anyone who's a curious person, you know, who wants to get in touch. You can reach out to me uh, directly. Queensevents at live.ca is my email. Um, or you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and our Twitter is at events queens. I'm just, I'm really interested in what the community has, has to say. That's my answer to your question. Honestly, Sarah, you're a great guest because I had a whole bunch of questions written down today. And as you were answering some of my first initial parts of my question, you were just going on and I didn't have to follow up and be like, so do you want to talk about your socials and how we can contact you? I'm a talker. I talk a lot. <laughs> That's for sure. So I am too. Don't worry about that. Thanks again, Sarah. Thanks for coming on and um, we'll talk more soon, I'm sure. Our next guest, Sean Bain, will be joining us in the studio shortly. But before that, here's our segment we'll be calling YGK Arts Update. Every Monday and Thursday, the Tet Center is encouraging social media followers to engage in their at-home art and photography challenge. You can follow the Tet Center on Instagram by following their account, at Tet Center, and keep up with the at-home challenge by following the hashtag, Tet at Home Challenge. The Isabel Bader Center's digital concert series continues on Wednesday, July 15th at 7 p.m. with Triola. The violin trio will be performing some familiar, light classical music for all those that tune in. On July 18th, Canada's Juno Award-winning classical trio returns to the Isabel for a concert featuring Mendelssohn and more. The performance will begin online at 7 p.m. Willy Nilly released a new single, Misbehave, and it's available on Bandcamp as well as all other major streaming platforms. Future of Free, another local band, released a new original single of their own titled First Prize, which is also available on Bandcamp and all the big streaming services. That's our YGK Arts update for this week. If you'd like to suggest future events, releases, or bulletins, you can contact me on Instagram through at Music or on Twitter at MattMudo. Thanks for listening, and up next we'll have Sean Bain, local Kingston singer-songwriter, joining us in the studio. Just me and you Night ain't nothing new Long and skin that's smooth Highlight the look of you You want some, you got some Explaining the two Not like the way she moves Dancing to my rhythm and blues There's not much we can do Safe to say I'm living proof One more day with you How many years with you If you got some Then I'll have one I'll have another How about you my son Keep your head up and walk on You gotta pay your dues If you wanna play rhythm and blues They happen all the time And I've been there a time or two I've been right there, the same spot as you They change the stories and hide from the truth They change the minds, but they can't change you Time is through You ready to make your move 
They got the crosshairs right on you If you believe in something, don't let it all be for nothing Your days are numbered, and I guess that's true So watch out, as I stick and move And I'm taking that aim on rhythm and blues And I don't mind Your days are numbered, man, just like mine I've been there a time or two I've been right there the same spot as you They change the stories and hide from the truth And they get so mad but it's too bad they can't change you And I don't mind Days are numbered man just like mine And I've been there a time or two I've been right there the same spot as you Oh they change the stories and hide from the truth they get so mad, but it's too bad they can't change you Welcome back to CFRC 101.9 FM. You're listening to Brought Back Home with Matt Muto. Today we have Sean Bain, local singer-songwriter from Kingston. Hi, Sean. Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me. No problem. Thanks for coming in. That was Sean's most recent release, Rhythm and Blues. You can find it on YouTube. Sean's actually going to be recording this week some new material. Yeah, yeah, actually tomorrow and Wednesday going to the studio. If you want to hit him up on social media, you can find him on Instagram and you can find a, actually an old album of his on Spotify. Spotify, all the the major streaming services there. You can find Late Nights, which I released uh, 31 Jan 2019. It was my first actual studio album. And it's really great. I definitely get some vibes from certain big artists that might be some inspirations to you but do you want to talk about maybe who some of your favorite artists are yeah absolutely uh when it comes to musical tastes i I pretty much run the gamut i think of what's possible um i for we spoke earlier and i was kind of telling you about how i got started with uh drum and bass and writing lyrics to drum and bass tracks there and that's kind of where my music journey started and I moved from the electrical kind of turntable sort of things and actually picked up an acoustic guitar and so I feel like I'm everything between turntables and an acoustic guitar and everything in the middle there and I think that kind of comes out in that first studio album for sure. I think it's really healthy for artists to you know listen to more genres than just what they're playing. Absolutely absolutely. But you don't hear a lot of singer-songwriters saying that they started off with drum and bass music. No, you know what? I'll be honest with you. I think I, I'm sure there's another one out there, but I might be, I'm the only one that I know of anyways. We'll, we'll, we'll put it that way. <laughs> and if you're out there listening, let us know. We need to know, is there more drum and bass songwriters out there? So Sean, you've been playing music for around a decade. Do you want to talk about how you, you mentioned that you started off with drum and bass being your inspiration. Do you want to talk about how you got into music and how you got here today? So growing up, you know, I was I was more sports. I wasn't really around anyone who played music. Um, and, you know, I don't have a musical family in for my background. But uh, so growing up doing sports most of the time, I never even considered being a musician would be, you know, even something that would be on my radar. And if I did ever run into someone playing guitar, it seemed like a magic trick because I was never around it. It just seemed like they knew what they were doing and it seemed like almost like a completely different language. Um, but drum and bass came about. Uh, I'd gone through a few injuries uh, playing sports and I uh, had some few like personal things going on and sports were starting to kind of go by the wayside. And anyways, just as life would happen, I showed up at a party and there was this group, they were... If anyone's familiar with drum and bass music, they were on the turntables, you know, just mixing tracks and whatnot. And there was MCs. And for those who don't know what MCs with drum and bass is, it's basically 
hip hop only maybe four times as quicker, right? So, and I was really taken back by it. I thought, whoa, that was really cool. I think I went home that night and started writing rhymes and uh, putting words to music. And I, d- I can't say that they were very good. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But yeah, I, so I. So are I, you telling me we're not going to hear any drum and bass Sean Bain originals today? Not today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying never. Maybe we'll do it again. But uh, yeah. So I, I realized at a young age that I could kind of put words to music, you know. So we kind of kept up with that. We'd go to some parties, have some fun. And, uh, you know, as you kind of start getting out of high school and people kind of start spreading their wings and going elsewhere, it just kind of fell by the wayside. Like I still like to do it. And I would even catch myself in, in a car, for example, uh, freestyling or writing lyrics to a little bridge part on the radio of a song. But uh, I really didn't have the means to buy turntables and I'm kind of dating myself here, but this was back in the days where you still had to buy like vinyl, you know, so you couldn't download all your music. So anyhow, that's how I kind of got into it. It kind of fell down by the wayside and you know, eventually I just kind of came across guitar and I didn't actually pick it up until 27 years old, you know, and uh, so I still, I still remember it. I had three friends who all played guitar and I'd kind of be sitting just drinking beer, freestyling or singing along and I finally decided, you know what, I think I would like to play guitar. So I picked it out. I still remember the date. I was telling you, March 5th, 2011. Yeah, so just before my 27th it's insane birthday. insane that you remember the exact day. Yeah, well, I was, I was standing on a, I was on, on a factory line in Toyota waiting for my shift to be done, and I just got this urge. Like, there was no stopping me. I was like, you know what? I'm going to learn how to play guitar. Went home, picked up the guitar. Within three months, I had wrote my first songs, um, or first song, I should say. And I've just never really uh, put it down ever since. That's fantastic, Sean. I'm, uh, you know, not at the age of being like a musical prodigy anymore either. (laughs) I was lucky enough to start off earlier, but you see so many artists who are, you know, 18, 17, 19 years old. They have huge record deals signed and they make incredibly unique and inspiring music and it's intimidating but i think it's really important to stress the fact and i think you know you do a good job doing this it's never too late to be creative with your emotions and your ideas with music it's it's never too late no and i think that's something that a lot of people think that it's it's a young person's game you know and, and depending on where you want to go with music you you may be correct in that um, but you know, if it's, if you have a driving passion and not just in music, but in anything in life, it's never too late to do what you really feel like you want to do. And you don't want to get to the point where, you know what, you're looking back and it's like, you know what, now it is too late. So you got to give it, you got to give it a shot. And it's funny, you know, with me not picking up guitar until I was about 27, I remember thinking in my head about the 27 club, you know, you got like Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, Jim Morrison, Kurt Cobain, I think even, you know, the list goes on and all, and that kind of falls in what you're saying that they were so young and made this huge impact. And there was a brief moment, I guess, where I thought, well, these artists passed away at the age I'm picking up the guitar. And as soon as that thought came into my head, it instantly left. I just didn't care. I was so happy to have guitar. I just fell in love with songwriting and I've just kept going with it. That's some very sage advice. I would absolutely agree with that. I think something a lot of people do focus on is the fact that they like to romanticize the 27 Club and, you know, they see, like I said today, like Alfie Templeman uh, is an example of a very young artist who's just been so, so good so young i think he just turned 19 recently or 20 yeah that's and he's incredible. he's on his like third album already yeah you know and there's just there's so much talent out there you know there really is and even you know going to open mics around kingston here like you go there and you show up and people you've never seen before are just absolutely killing it so i mean there is that pinnacle of people reaching out at a very young age um but for everyone who's reached that mark, there's got to be at least, 
you know, another thousand artists that are just as capable, just as talented, and you've never heard of them. So there's a plug. Go check out your local music scene. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, that's how Sean and I originally met. Is we just yeah. met at an open mic at Musiki. Musiki, yeah. And uh, I will say I, I do miss it quite a bit. Uh, yes. Actually, the host, Tyson, will be on our show next week. Awesome. Great so, guy. Great yeah, guy. Yeah, Tyson's great. Awesome musician, too. Um, I definitely think there's going to be a few other artists that you and I had both met at Musiki coming on the show at some point. I hope so. Yeah, cause, well, like we were saying, there's a lot of great musicians that hang around, and you know, and Musiki definitely. So, yeah, I'll be looking forward to listening to who you got coming up next. The reason I moved back to Kingston was because of the music scene here, and I just knew even before I moved back, Julia Finnegan wasn't an artist that was active when I was in school here before I moved back as like a postgraduate adult. Um, but now she's just making incredible music. When I found out that she was that good, it was just like, yeah, I need to come back. If there's artists like that that are still, you know, making waves in the Kingston music scene, then I need I need to come back. The sense of community here is great, like you said. Every time you go to an open mic or even to a show and you introduce yourself to anyone, everyone's incredibly friendly Absolutely. and ready to give advice or just listen to what you have to say. For sure. For, absolutely. And I found that a lot of open mics, uh, Muziki especially, but, um, you know, for any anybody who may be on the fence um, about thinking about going to an open mic and just getting their feet wet with going and singing in front of people, uh, just do it, you know. Just go out and do it. doesn't mean you have to fall in love with it, you know, but just go out and do it. And the crazy thing about the first time I met you, I had no idea that you even played, you know, because you were sitting... Everyone's just sitting in the crowd, right? Yeah, yeah. Ready and to we, listen. we started chatting and whatnot, and you never I never thought to ask at the time, and you never brought it up. And then I think it was a week or two later, you showed up with your guitar, and I'm like, all right, I gotta this is a surprise. I gotta check this out. And you were fantastic too. Thanks, so. man. Anyways, so you have a new album that you're working on. Yes. Or is it is it a single or an album? Well, right now it's just going to be the single. Uh, we're going to work up to the album. All the songs are ready for the album. It's just a matter of getting into the studio. And, you know, with the way of the world right now, it's uh, sometimes challenging for scheduling and things like that. But I'm very excited about this upcoming single that I have. Do you want to give us a sneak preview? I will give you guys a tiny preview. This one, uh, we're still um, still holding this one pretty close to the chest. But uh, what I can tell you, uh, the name of it is Our Code. And it's a tribute to our veterans past, present, and future. moment that we are born all fading away it's like a perfect storm we want a matter now it's just a matter of fact so if you give me reason enough to find I won't hold nothing back I won't hold nothing back yeah never been the time to ever Throw in a towel, hell no Maybe it's because we hate the way it sounds When it hits the floor, man, I don't know But all these brave souls Lining up for the war Half of you will make it home But it's too late What's the cannons blow? And all I know Is should your time so Form the country up in rows And stand for your final trip home Ever watch a casket go down that highway of heroes Easier brother in arms They don't last too long Okay, thanks Sean, that was great. Something that I was actually going to discuss before we got into that song, but it segued so nicely, I just had to let it flow. Uh, you were telling me earlier today, and I didn't know this before, but you have a bit of a military background. A little bit, yeah. 12 years in the uh, Canadian Armed Forces. Um, yeah. It, time goes goes by pretty quickly. I can't believe it's been 12 years. It would have been, be, been 13 years and a couple months. 
But I released uh, from the army in last year at the end of August there. You just decided next thing you wanted to do, I guess. Not that you couldn't do things when you were in the military. Like you mentioned earlier, you did play guitar during those years, but you just wanted to focus on music a bit more. You yeah. Said. So, you know, like I said, I actually didn't play guitar when I first joined the military. Um, that I think it was about, I was in the army for about uh, three or four years before I actually picked up guitar. And, um, you know, being in the reserves is kind of nice in the sense that you're a little bit more flexible with how you can kind of manage your career. And, um, so like I said, before I even decided to play guitar, I was working at Toyota on a, on a factory line, um, decided I wanted to play guitar, ended up leaving Toyota, focusing more on the army side of things. But anything I was ever doing with the military, I was carrying my guitar. You know, I, a lot of people may not be familiar with the term, the shacks, but that's where if you're going away from home and you're only going to be there for a short period of time, you will stay in what we call the shacks. And it's basically just like your own little room. Nothing fancy. It's got, sometimes you have your own shower. Sometimes it's public showers, you know, usually public washrooms, shared washrooms, kind of things like that. And I would literally just take my guitar, do my work or whatever course I was training on, uh, do my work and then come home and actually just start uh, or go back to my room and just play guitar. And I was really, uh, I was hooked, you know, I could not put guitar down. Um, and I just kept writing songs, kept writing songs. It got to the point that I really decided, you know what, I really want to see what kind of legs my music has. And um, I'd saved up a bit of money and thought, you know what, let's just go and do this thing. And with uh, the state of the world right now, that wasn't part of the plan. But uh, you know what? I've really, really enjoyed um, getting out there, playing some music. Uh, me, there's so many fantastic artists, and there's just a there's a, you can tell quite instantly that there is a great community uh, of live music, and music is alive and well. And I keep saying this: like, go out and check out your local music scene because the stuff you hear on the radio, it's fantastic. Obviously, it's it's great, but for every great song on the radio, there's at least ten artists that are writing some really great music that uh, you're missing out on just because no one's heard of them. You know? Right. That's been the hardest. And so, I should say it's been the hardest and easiest part about being a musician in this day and age before you know back when classic rock and even like artists like chubby checker were were huge yeah. um those were people that were getting deals from music labels so that they could go and record and that was really the only way you could do it there was no such thing as a home studio unless you were like a millionaire or billionaire yeah now everyone has the ability to if you're willing to put the research and the work in acquire some knowledge or even just make some connections you can record a really decent album and because there's so much music out there and the internet's so big and you know top 40 is still a thing and a lot of it is great but there's a lot more competition yes well and you're absolutely right on that like so for the way that we kind of say the music industry is I don't want to say dead, but it's definitely changed. Like gone is the old format of you go and you you cut an album and you sell that album and you get all the sales, right? Like that part has definitely changed. And, you know, you can, musicians can get a little crusty about that being like, oh, we're not getting our music and stuff like that. We're not getting paid for it or making what we should be. And although in a sense that may be true, like you said, with the ability now that everyone can make a quality sounding album in their basement or wherever they're doing it has completely blown open the doors for guys who maybe couldn't get in front of a record label to still get their music out there. So while we can gripe about the fact that, you know, album sales are dead and, you know, streaming this and that and you're not getting your royalties, whatever, and that's and you're 100 percent right about that. But also, like guys like me, I've had a YouTube channel since 2014. And so I, I can't really sit here and complain about the fact that I'm able to do that. You know, I'm able to get my music in front of so many more people, as is every other artist right now, because of those facts. Now, there's always an up and a downside to everything. But 
you know. And now with live shows not really happening, that was where we were making some. That hurts a lot. That stings a little bit. And it'll be interesting to see what's going to happen now. Yeah, so. definitely. There's been, like we, one of the purposes of this show is to kind of highlight uh, artists that are local who are recording and active, like yourself. And some artists are getting creative with live streaming. Some of it's very lo-fi where it's just them sitting at their computer and playing, which is yeah. great. There's It's a very intimate kind of setting and gives you accessibility to the artists that you might not have had at a live show. Absolutely. Um, it'll, it'll be very interesting to see what happens. Outdoor shows are, are technically allowed, but no one's allowed to dance. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and I've seen which some is such a funny, funny <laughs> piece of like, well, if you've seen some people dance, maybe that's not necessarily a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have these drive-in concerts now too, eh? Um, and so that's interesting. It kind of reminds me of back in the day when they had those, what was it? A&W had those drive-in restaurants <laughs> and now we're doing drive-in concerts. So, I mean, I would ask you, when do you think live music will, if ever, will it come back the way we knew it? I think it will. You know, I'm not a medical professional by any means, but I've done enough reading about medical professionals' opinions on COVID-19 and I don't think this is going to be something that sticks around for the rest of our life unless it mutates like crazy. It just, but it seems and sounds very unlikely. I don't know if it'll be next summer, but maybe the following summer we'll have an opportunity to reapproach how we do live shows and maybe it'll look something like it used to. Maybe it won't. I'm yeah. not sure. It all depends on, you know, culturally how this whole thing evolves too. I think people are going to miss, I mean, I even think people are feeling it now. One, not being able to get out on a patio. And when you are, you're kind of like, you know, every time someone comes near you, you're like, stay back. You <laughs> you're know? on edge all the yeah, time. Yeah, people, you know, they really are. But I think, you know, so the missing being out on the patio, people are going to miss live music. I mean, even if you, whether you play live music or you don't, you still love listening to live music. You know, it's it's always better uh, listening to a live performance than just listening to a song you've heard a hundred times on uh, on whatever streaming services you're using, you know, so. I think it's, it's important too, because as humans, you know, we feel a lot more empathetic towards people and we can feel what they're feeling when we see them, we can talk with them and we're with them in person. And it's really hard for a lot of people right now, definitely hard for musicians not being able to make money off of live shows, not in the same capacity at least. They might, like I said, do some ticket sales for digital events. Um, I know some artists, what they're doing is they're doing kind of a subscription service where if you are a supporter and subscriber, you get early access to new material for like a few months. Yep, yeah. So I've seen a lot of little different pitches like that. And it's good, you know, like in business or whatever you're doing in life, like if you're going to have to be adaptable. This is really kind of pushed that to the forefront. And like you're going to have to figure out something, you know, especially if this was your livelihood. You know, artists and musicians, you know, there's no stopping that. Once it's got you, once you have the bug, you always have it. And so if, They've decided this is what they're going to do with their lives. They're going to find a way to do it with their lives. So I've really, I'm kind of interested to see where this is all going to go as, you know, COVID-19 hopefully goes to the wayside and we kind of get past that. You know, people, maybe, who knows, maybe people are really going to enjoy those virtual shows and you also have the live shows now too. And maybe so they've eventually will double their, their uh, revenue. So optimistic yeah you gotta stay optimistic man we have to yeah well because if we're not then we're not going to be able to be constructive we're not yeah. going to be able to come up with creative ideas to solve this in other problems yeah exactly so it's it's uh it's going to be interesting but i mean i mean there's just no way to do live music right now if if COVID-19 is as contagious as, as they're portraying it, I mean, to be rubbing shoulders with people all the time. I know. If only we could put a big bubble around Kingston. I know. Ugh, I know. Obviously, that's a, a little bit of a human rights violation, but... <laughs> we can we can dream. <laughs> I, I think of the Simpsons movie every time I talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, the bubble. was Maggie was able to get through that, right? <laughs> That's right. It was through the sandbox. So, yeah, so. even if we did do something like that or we had like a uh, border guards around the city, someone's always going to figure out a way to get past it. So 
we just got to make the best of what we have and 100%, absolutely. just keep on trying to hold on to hope and hold on to creative ideas and solutions to problems. Absolutely. And you know what? We're, we're doing that. We're going to figure our way through this. And, you know, I think, I think a lot of things have come to the forefront. Uh, when, we, when we shut everything down and then all of a sudden we looked at it like, okay, what is our essential services? The grocery stores, the truck drivers, uh, our healthcare workers, and stuff like that. I mean, those are you know those are our essential services, and it really brought to light you know what we actually need for us to be you know sustained and be kind of safe. So it's just it's really taken twenty twenty, man. I <laughs> I don't know what kind of year this is. It's a year like no other. I will tell you that. I do think that staying indoors having a lot of time to reflect, you, you know, you've seen various uh, political movements and stuff. I really feel like I've already grown from the whole experience. You know, if we're trying to find a silver lining, uh, I've learned about what I want to do with my life more. I have a better idea of what I want to do on a day-to-day basis when I'm just trying to get, have me time. Now I have so much me time yeah. that I just, I really got to figure out what I want to do with my time and how the best yeah. way to either be constructive or relaxed yeah, I mean, for the most part, depending on what your situation is. But I think, you're doing, I think you're doing a great job with getting, getting this show going, bringing in local artists and, you know, keeping the music alive. That's, you know, Thanks, Sean. Me, well, that's I, th- I think you make it. a good point. I'm very fortunate and I'm not going to assume that you're very fortunate in this scenario, but you seem like you're pretty jovial and happy, too. Like there's definitely people who are struggling. Absolutely. Yeah, there's definitely, uh, you know, there's definitely some people that are feeling feeling it a little bit more than others will say. And so, you know, I got to think about those guys too, but. And the best, like you said, the best thing we can do is just foster a sense of community and just support everyone that needs it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you think we have time for one more song? Actually, since we've been talking so much about COVID-19, I kind of have, I guess this would be my version of uh, our quarantine song at my household there. So yeah, I'll go ahead and give that a go. And uh, it's called One More Night. Things have been crazy, man. I've been around too many jokers. They wanna bring you down, way down, way down Where's the time go? I'm 36 now I've been around the track and run through a few towns And baby, what the hell we gonna do now? This world's gone mad and we're stuck in the house So give me the whiskey, man, I like it smooth Give me the Moscow beers, I like those too the music that will make me move and above all else give me one more night with you I'll start the fire and I'll fire up the grill oh that's my version of Netflix and chill and we ain't got nothing but time to kill and if high school beer can't fix it nothing will Give me the music that will make you move Give me the Moscow beers, I like those too Give me the whiskey, oh I like it smooth And above all else, give me one more night with you With you Things are crazy, ain't leaving the house And we've been hanging with the coolest kids in town And when this is over and the end of shutdown well, We don't care, we ain't leaving our house So give me the whiskey, man, I like it smooth and Give me the Moscow beers, I like those too and Give me the music that will make me move And above all else, give me one more
John Bain, everybody. That was fantastic, Sean. All right. Thank you very much, Matt. No problem. We're approaching the end of our time here. Is there anything you wanted to discuss or plug before we finish up? Yeah, I'd like to actually say one thing besides thanking you for having me on the show. I am in a songwriters competition. It's called Sing for the Shot. Uh, It's a Canadian songwriters competition. Uh, They differ a little bit from other competitions in the sense that they only take artists who write original songs. So I've made it to round two, and I'm currently working on a few things, and I have to submit it in about a week and a half. And so hopefully I'll be on to round three. So check it out. They're on uh, Instagram, Sing for the Shot. You know, it's a, it's a good thing to follow, especially it'll it'll actually ties into what we were talking about, that a lot of uh, unknown artists out there that are really great, well, you're going to find a lot of that Canadian talent in this competition. So, you know what, it's, it's a good thing, and it's nice to see that music is still alive. So make sure you're checking me out, and if there's any voting process, vote for Sean Bain. <laughs> Very cool, Sean. All right, is there any social media that you want to plug as well? Yeah, I've got a YouTube channel, Sean Bain Music. You can check me out there. Uh, Sean Bain Music Instagram, Sean Bain Music on Facebook. Those are my most active ones. As well as any streaming services, you will find my uh, first uh, studio album, Late Nights. And yeah, uh, if you do give me a follow whatever, send me a little DM and we can chat and keep in touch that way. Awesome. Thanks for coming on the show, Sean. Thank you so much for having me, Matt. I had a blast. And thank you listeners for tuning in to the first episode of Brought Back Home. If you'd like to reach out to me, as I mentioned earlier, you can find me on Instagram at Music, as well as on Twitter at MattMuto. And you can interact with the show next week on either platform using the hashtag BroughtBackHomeYGK. Next week, we are fortunate enough to be joined by two different artists for two sessions. Tyson Tycho Sullivan, host of Musiki Open Mic and an incredibly talented musician in his own right, will be sitting down for an unplugged session and interview. Helena Hannibal and Liam Neal will be coming into the station as well to promote their new unnamed lo-fi jazz project. Take care of yourselves and I'll see you next week.